Mm-hmm. We've had vets call us and say that they're being worked to death in their current job to ask us about coming to work for us. And they've learned to value that making good money and having a ton of time off and a good, happy workday is more valuable than having a ton of money and being worked to death six or seven days a week. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. It's so wonderful to have you with us here today. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. I hope you have a pen and some paper handy because I'm sure you're going to learn something along the way throughout the call. Uh, On today's call, I'm going to be uh, talking with entrepreneur and founder of Cheap Pricks, Mr. Matt Bowler. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Rick. Excited to be here. Now, that name, we, we talked about that momentarily offline, and it's something that I think from a branding perspective is a very, very smart thing to do, and I know that it served you well. I've been reading all of the information, and before I guess we get to the core of the call, Matt, it's customary for us to spend a bit of time learning a little about you for the sake of context. I'm wondering if we can start by uh, asking, where, where is home for you? Where are you right now? I'm based uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, or just outside of St. Louis. Wonderful. What's a local landmark that people would would be familiar with? Well, the St. Louis Arch, world famous. Of course, of course. There you go. For all those people who haven't been there, there you go. Now, has that been home for you uh, uh, for a long time, or...? Uh, yeah, I was uh, born and raised here, went to school uh, a few states away, but um, otherwise I've been here the whole time. Tell us about your upbringing. Um, you know, you, everybody has some fond memories of their childhood. I'd love to learn about sure. one thing that you can recall that you, you're fond of every time you think about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my upbringing was, uh, you know, I'd say pretty normal. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was full of a lot of sports. So sports. I was always, always playing sports. Yep. Yeah, great. Uh, so, so well, we call it soccer here. I think uh, you'd probably call it football. Mm. And, uh, you know, baseball, hockey, you know, a little bit of everything. Did you have a favorite sport? Uh, ice hockey, for sure. Ice hockey, fantastic. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I watched a, a video recently where a, a, a little girl was um, trying to get a puck thrown over the glass wall from one of the professional players. And what's the go with the pucks? Everybody wants the puck. What's so so special about it? You know, I, I don't know what it is. I've never been one of those people that does that. Uh, but they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll beat, each other, beat each other up over it. It's, oh, it's crazy. It's, it's madness. But I love it. I love it all the same. That passion, you know, that building of a, a following so passionate about it that they want this. What is it made of? Is it plastic? It's rubber. It's, it's rubber. Uh, six ounces of solid rubber. Oh, goodness. No wonder it hurts when it hits you. Now, uh, at, yeah, it'll hurt you. Uh, are you a pet lover? Do you have any pets or did you have I any am pets? a pet lover. I, I have uh, one pet now. Uh, I had four pets only a few years ago, but you know how it goes with pets. Uh, oh. They get old and they go away. And they go away. And that's a very difficult time. We have three large pets of our own. And I think it's uh, quite uh, quite a conversation we'll have about in terms of uh, cost reduction in a moment or two. But before we do that now, um, love to learn a bit about uh, the people that help f- um, form the man that you've become today. Have you had any people who have influenced you throughout your childhood that have helped develop you, do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, growing up, it was really um, kind of whatever was right in front of me. Uh, you know, a lot of people have, you know, like, you know, superheroes or, you know, these larger than life people who were, uh, you know, maybe real or fictitious or otherwise. 
Um, for me, it was always kind of like the people who were right in front of me who were excelling. Um, you know, and again, at the time, there's was, was a lot of sports related stuff, but sometimes it was academic. I mean, it was always the people who were right in front of me because it was more tangible, you know, so it gave me something to compete against daily. And um, I think, I, I mean, I would, I think a hero is maybe a tricky word because I yeah, wouldn't say yeah. they're heroes as much as they were just motivating competitors. But, um, but yeah, that's what they were for me. So in terms of your education, tell us a little bit about that. What's your background? Sure. Uh, background is actually in um, IT and uh, this sort of obscure major that um, only my university offers called organizational leadership and supervision. It's um, it's basically a kind of a management type degree, oh, yes. but for the technical uh, environments. So whether it's um, IT tech technical environment or like maybe a, a manufacturing type of environment. Um, so there's some different type of focus there that would be traditional management. The, yeah, the organizational leadership uh, phrase is certainly not uh, a new one, but in terms of the technical scope, I'm, I'm sure it's very, uh, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Now, uh, we, we touched on uh, some of the things behind you on your wall earlier. I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about motivation. What motivates you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what motivates me is um, impact. You know, um, again, it's for me, it's, you know, you always have the big grand things, but mm -hmm. it's, it's hard, you know, at least for, it's hard for me, especially to um, take action with an overly large uh, impact or goal in mind. So, you know, I, I, I try to start local, how, 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 you know, how, how big of an impact can we make locally. And then from there you say, okay, let's get a little bigger. And, um, you know, that's that's a big motivation for me is, is impact and, and more so lately, actually, is the ability to impact my employees lives. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I know that you would have had to have take, made some pretty um, monumental decisions about where you were going with the business. And uh, obviously, risk is involved in everything we do. And I think the the defining difference between the My Future Business show and others is that we like to explore these things and get people who have walked the path before for those who are listening who may not have what if what would you say to them about taking a chance and believing in themselves and managing risk yeah so um you know the, the thing is is I, I think that that from the outside when someone's looking at someone who's running a business or who has achieved something whether it's in business or elsewhere um they think that they somehow uh always had the answers they always got it right and um they were always a winner maybe. And it's, it's the furthest thing from the truth really, you know, for me and something I, I've said is that, you know, winning isn't always about winning. Sometimes it's just about being able to get yourself out of bed another day oh, yeah. and continue, continue the fight. Yeah. And, and that's really, it is, you know, you, you have to take the risk um, and you just have to get out there and do it. And of course, you know, mitigating risk is, is important. Um, you know, you don't want to end up on the streets. Um, but you'll be surprised, you know, how many times you think that you're without options and then in the 11th hour um, options materialize. And it's, it happens so frequently to me that I almost can count on it. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Loving the call. Now, I'm wondering, you just touched on getting out of bed in the morning. What time are you an early riser and what's your day look like? Uh, yeah, so I am generally an early riser. I'm not one of the people who sets my alarm at, you know, 5 a.m. Or, or 4 a.m. Um, so I am often up at 5 a.m. and, and after it. But um, if, if on a particular day it happens to be 7 a.m., then, then that's what it is. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on the things that I'm getting done rather than the hours I'm putting in. 
Do you uh, do do you find yourself to be um, always getting good ideas that you you want to follow through with, but you just have so many of them you can't do anything with them? Uh, yeah, yeah, it used to be a problem. Used to be a huge problem actually. Uh, so you have, you have to kind of learn to um, harness those or put them on the back burner because otherwise you just get spread too thin. Yeah, you seem to be the sort of guy who'd be able to you know get get a lot of ideas and and do you find you have to spend some time away from your business and when you when your mind gets busy, how important is that? So it, it's very important for your mental health. In fact, just today I was saying, you know, like, so we launch in a month from now. And so yep. uh, I was like, you know, it'd be great to get out of town. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's, it's really good to kind of reset. It also kind of gets your head out of the weeds too. Um, yeah. You know, if you're like, if you're like me, a vacation isn't really a vacation. You're still kind of at least thinking about things that are going on and, but you get new perspective on things when you're not really in the thick of it. Do you like uh, continual education? What do you think of it? Do you still find yourself reading books or audio books or videos? What's your thing? Uh, yeah, all of those things. Uh, I actually got three books right here that I'm picking through and oh, yeah. uh, audio, audio books occasionally. I kind of, you know, do those more in the summer when I'm, I'm out in the yard and stuff more often. But uh, yeah, constantly. Are you, a, are you a fictional or non-fictional type of guy? Are you a business book guy? All business books. All yeah. business books. Now, what about movies? Surely you've got some time for movies. Uh, you know, we do watch some shows, actually. Shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this. So again, I think that, you know, a business is a business and the fundamentals of business don't change, but the people behind the business always do. And this is why I think it's important just for the sake of that context to share a little bit about yourself. And I'm really appreciating it. Thank you so very much. Now, calling on to uh, moving our focus on to the name and brand building. Where did the name Cheap Pricks come from? Yeah, so it was one of those things that was sort of uh, accidental and intentional at the same time. Uh, so I have my business partner, uh, Kristen, who we discussed earlier. Yes. And uh, we have a, a vet that we're partnering with on this first location. Uh, he's our first licensee, actually. Excellent. And uh, we had gotten together and, and we sort of had, um, so kind of back up a little bit. Yep. We, we currently own another business, uh, Kristen and I, and we're involved in other businesses as well. Uh, this vet has two other practices that they operate as well. And we'd all sort of experienced the same sort of paths uh, with these businesses where we had entered at one point with uh, one sort of direction in mind, um, you know, and, and over time it changed. It went, it became something else that was a, a whole new animal that we didn't, you know, we didn't hate it, but we didn't, we didn't like the fact that it had sort of been robbed from us. Um, oh. And it, it ha happened slowly, right? You get pressured by, customers by employees by you know laws whatever all sorts of things yeah all the variables and so so we had made the intentionally or the intentional decision right up front that uh you know whatever we do here whether it's the name or whatever it is how we operate uh who we hire how we behave uh whether it's on social media or whatever it's going to be us it's going to be a reflection of our of us of who we are individually um, not some uh, fictitious demeanor that we developed for this business to hide behind. And people can love, love it or they can hate it. Um, but our theory was that if, if, you, if you loved it, you'd really love it. And you'd be kind of in our tribe, so to speak. So, mm. um, so you know, a couple afternoons of, of brainstorming names, and this was probably one of 20 that we came up with. It was the one that we kind of just kept going back to because it, it, it's very, it's sort of perfect. And then it, 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 it describes what we do. But of course, it's got this alter meaning as well. It's a great play on words. As soon as I saw it and, you know, I understood the meaning behind it and what the service is, which we'll touch on in a moment. 
I thought to myself as a pet owner, I've got to know more about this. So I think it's a really great choice. Well done. Now, I'd love to, if we could, just help people understand that this is not your first rodeo and go into, I guess, a bit more detail about that. You started out with a business called, I think it's called All Criticare. Is that correct? That's correct. Could you tell us a little bit about that and, you know, what happened after that? Yeah, sure. Well, we still own we it still today. Do it? Right. Yep. Yeah. So All Critter Care was um, uh, my business partner had a a pet business. You know, uh, back in two thousand, actually. And flies, um, huh? Yep. And and when we yeah totally. <laughs> and we we met um, you know in the late two thousands and uh, you know, over over time we just sort of like said hey you know at the time I was a consultant I was an IT consultant you know mm. full full time yep uh, you know traveling the world. And, um, you know, we got to talking about it and it was like, you know, you could do a lot with this and slowly I kind of got involved and we, so, so then I was part of the company, uh, we sort of reformed it, um, officially formed it. And then now we own a, uh, a kennel called Kingdom Canine, where we do, uh, you know, obviously boarding, grooming, training, daycare, those things, uh, all critter care still exists for doing like dog walking and in-home pet care for, you know, other animals. And um, in addition to that, my, my partner, Kristen, also owns a, uh, a rescue that does something like 30 or 40 adoptions a week, or yes. sorry, a month. I was going to say, I read through the information I found out about Kristen's work, which I was really, really fascinated by. And, and you know, it's a credit to uh, the work that that's been done. Now, could you tell us a little bit about Kristen in, in their absence? Uh, yeah, so she is like uh, the the total high energy um endearing person she's a person that if you want to send them in front of a customer that's Kristen, <laughs> right so she yep. she is really good with like uh just striking a nerve with people a, a positive nerve not a, yep, not a negative nerve and um just getting them right in her corner whether it's to buy something whether it's to support her uh whatever it may be i mean she is just top notch when it comes to that so i know we talked about earlier um about your ability to come up with new ideas. So with the current business, Cheap Pricks, what problem did you realize you needed to solve with Cheap Pricks? Yeah, so the problem is is, is, a, is a few problems actually um, mm. that are very closely linked. Obviously pricing is a, is a problem on on, uh, on pet care, on vet care specifically. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the other one is around uh, time issues, right? So, you know, even if you have all the money in the world, you don't have all the time in the world. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. <laughs> time is a valuable resource. Yep. Uh, and so that, there's a couple pieces to that time component, right? So one is um, sort of, you know, at least in my neck of the woods, uh, you know, through coming through COVID, a lot of adoptions happen. People are taking on pets and um, vets are getting overwhelmed. So, you know, there, there are times where you could call for just a basic, routine type thing um just get a rabies shot for example yep and you can be several weeks to several months out just to be able to do that which is sort of a problem if you wouldn't like want to go get your dog groomed today today instead you gotta wait several months just for like a this thing with the, the rabies shot uh the other issue with the time is is actually time in clinic so uh that is you know you show up and you just it's kind of like the doctor's office you, you show up and you got an appointment, but it doesn't really mean anything. It means you're going to get serviced hopefully sometime around that time. And <laughs> you don't know that how long you're... <laughs> right. So you don't, you don't know how long you're going to be waiting around for. So something that, that really only takes about 15 minutes to get done could turn into an hour and a half ordeal. I can see that um, it would take off the pressure as well for the veterinary profession. Do you think that that's likely to happen? 
yes, absolutely. And that is a huge cornerstone of our, our hiring program for the vets. Um, and we, we knew a bit about that sort of, I'll even call it a pandemic at this point, because mm-hmm. it, it, I've learned so much since we got into the hiring phase of this. We knew some before, but now we know it's just, it's, it's incredible. I mean, we've had vets call us and say that they're being worked to death in their current job to ask us about coming to work for us. I mean, and they, and they've learned to value that um, making good money and having a ton of time off and, and a, and a good happy work day is more valuable than having a ton of money and being worked to death six or seven days a week. Yeah. We don't uh, start businesses to kill ourselves, do we? That's the, the no, adage, I guess. But uh, I'm wondering how are you going about connecting with all of these, uh, these professionals and uh, what are the plans for growth across the, the country? Yeah, that's a great question. So connecting with the vets has been difficult because they're not looking for jobs, right? They're yeah. they're so if you go out on a job board, um, you can put your. We actually we're out there right now, and the vets just aren't looking because either they're they're happy where they're at, or they figure whatever else is out there is just another flavor of the exact same thing they're doing now. Yeah. So they don't even know there's another option out there right now. So a lot of what we're doing is word of mouth, um, calling, you know, the connections we have. So we've been in the pet business now for, well, 10, 10 years myself and 20 years um, with Kristen. And, um, and so we're calling connections we know and, and sort of getting the word out. We have people who are working for us to do that as well. Um, it's, it's a very grassroots thing because they're just not out there looking around. Um, I think that once we, once we get, you know, the wheels turning and people are coming in, then it will be more of a known thing. The momentum will kind of get a little easier. Yeah. Fantastic. Hopefully uh, we can help you do that through the show today. Now, um, what other, I guess, I guess let's talk about the core product itself. And do you have plans to expand that based on your knowledge of this industry? Yep. The core product is basically, if I was going to summarize it, it's the things that a cat or dog owner would get on an annual basis as part of the regular uh, wellness or preventative plan. So we're talking uh, uh, vaccinations, we're talking some limited testing, mm-hmm. and we're talking pre- preventatives, you know, heartworm and, uh, you know, flea and tick preventatives. And given uh, the, the businesses that you have already, I can see some uh, synergies of your allied okay. industries. How is that all going to come together? Is there, an, uh, I guess, a single pack, a single product versus a package approach? Is that what you're doing? Or? Uh, no, they're 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 all kind of uh, freestanding, independent, but they, they are feeding into each other. So you know, like I said, we're about a month out now from opening up, and we've just started to uh, integrate the customers kind of into the the new product, the, mm-hmm. the cheap tricks. And, and actually, it's it's going well. I mean, very well. They're they're signing up. They're they're making appointments already. Fantastic. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 going well. And of course, once we get some volume on uh, on cheap bricks, we'll sort of feedback the other way as well. I know it's a fair way off, but I always think about this uh, this opportunity to go franchise. Would that would ever be an option for you? Is that something you've ever thought about? It's possible to go franchise. Uh, we intentionally went with a licensing model right now, based yep. on how we operate. And if you know, I can. You want to dig into that a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so. Um, the way it works is, is we have uh, an entity that is an administrative services organization for vet clinics, right. uh, meaning that we're, we kind of run their business for them, but it goes a little further than that. Yeah. So our entity owns uh, by trademark the name Cheap Pricks. Um, and that's all been submitted, but it's, you know, it takes a while to happen. Yeah, of course, I know. <laughs> uh, so what we do is we license to a, a, a vet to operate their practice um, under our name, Cheap Pricks, yep. in, a, in a location we provide. 
And what they get is basically uh, a done for you sort of practice. So the, all they have to do is bring their clinical staff and we bring a hundred percent of all the non-clinical activities and all the non-clinical staff. So we do everything from uh, helping them form their business entity to finding their site, to building out their location, to uh, managing their inventory, their payroll, you know, uh, accounting, everything for them. And all that. So that means that they can just show up and do the things that they specialize in, right? Because, you know, vets are amazing yeah. at clinical activities. That doesn't mean they're amazing business owners and they probably aren't in most cases. So we bring that sort of expertise in and we just do a uh, a portion of proceeds or a wow, portion that, of profit. That that's incredible. Um, you know this this idea of um, so uh, if somebody's practicing as a, a a vet and you have approached them and saying, hey, look, I have this opportunity for you. How often do you find vets that don't have their own clinics, and how are you managing to, I guess, uh, encourage them to cheap pricks? Yeah. So the beauty, it's sort of, it's sort of a choose your own adventure type deal. So uh, first of all, you don't have to not have your own clinic. You can actually do this in addition to that. Oh, right. Got it. The the way, the way that would work is it would sort of depend on how active you are in your existing clinics. I'm going to assume you're probably pretty active, which means that uh, you just hire the vets to work at the new clinic and we have staff, you know, on site already to make sure that they're kind of knowing how, how they already know the clinical stuff they seem to know how to operate within the building, right? Like, how do I clock in? How do I do what I got to do? Like, do with do. That stuff, yep. right? So, so it's basically become sort of a passive investment for them under our brand. Yep. The other option is maybe you have a, a retired vet and they're saying, well, I don't want to go work full time. I love retirement, but I wouldn't mind having a little extra income in retirement and maybe pick up, uh, you know, a day or two a week of working just to kind of keep the skills sharp. Well, there's, there you go. There That's you go. their model. Absolutely. Maybe you have a, uh, a, uh, a vet fresh out of school and they're saying, I just want to accelerate directly into oh, a course, program yes. where I own my own practice and do it without a lot of money out of pocket and hop into an established brand. And there's the, that's an option for them. So it sort of fits the mold for a lot of different people. You know, I see an opportunity for like you've just touched on and, you know, it seems to be the sharp pointy end of the market is to talk about uh, how you connect with those university graduates who are looking for this step into the industry straight out of university. They're qualified, they're ready to go. And I can't imagine anything more fortuitous for them is to walk into essentially a practice that's already set up for them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something we're working on right now. There's going to be some, you know, some uh, communication needs to happen around that because what we're running into, uh, we actually have uh, University of Missouri, Columbia, which is here in Missouri, only a few hours away from here. And they have an excellent vet school. Um, What we're running into is that, um, you know, they're, they're eager, right? They're, they're, they just spent all this time becoming a vet who has learned a whole lot of stuff Mm. and they haven't yet had a whole career to understand that sometimes less is more, yep. right? Having a narrower scope can be more rewarding, um, you know, because it, it's it frees up the rest of your life. Okay. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, well, look, this is just wonderful. I I can also I, when I think about it, I think to myself, um, there'd be a lot of people out there because of the cost, the overheads, the time uh, as pet owners. Would you would you think that cheap pricks is going to help? improve the vaccination rate in the long term so that was actually uh a big motivator at the very beginning Mm. and it still is a motivator um i think it will help 
Yep. Uh, so, so here's here's some stats for you. It's it's around 26% um, of all pet owners do not take their their pet to the vet. Okay, wow, one quarter. So we, we, so we know that. Um, what we don't know is is why, right? Yep. So yep. if it, if it's only a cost factor, or maybe it's the other thing we touch on, which is they don't want to waste an hour and a half at the vet, then I think we have a chance to make an impact there. Um, if it's just because they don't care, yep. well, that's going to, that's going to take a little extra work and, and hopefully we can get there, but that's obviously not a, something that is a, um, direct benefit of just coming to use us. So what, uh, what sort of, we talked about hurdles, Matt, I'm wondering what other hurdles from a, a legal standpoint have you had to work through to, to get to yeah. this point? And this is where the, my future business audience gets a lot of value because they know that this is going to happen. They know that there's going to be, you know, fences to jump over to get to where they want to be. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is an important one. Um, yeah, if you, if you haven't started a business before, uh, listen to this. So, uh, so we're not veterinarians, right? Yep. My business partner and I are not veterinarians. Um, and just like, uh, you know, if you're not a doctor, you can't go open a doctor practice anywhere. You, yep. you have to, you have to be that, right? So, um, so, so there's, there is a, a legal thing we had to go through. And, and so we've been working on this for almost exactly a year right now. Um, so it'll be a total of 13 months before we open, mm-hmm. uh, almost almost half or maybe just over half of that time was spent figuring out how are we going to do this right so we spent you know six or seven months um with no plan just pushing through and figuring out you know there's a way we know there's a way because we have we see these chains of hospitals we see chains of um optometrists and dentists yeah they're not owned by vets they're owned by corporations Mm -hmm. so there's a way yeah. So we, we did finally found the, the way we had to do that. And it, of course, it is through a legal structure and um, through this licensing agreement we have and things like that. It all, it all amounts to, you know, a, about 70 pages of, of legalese. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Good but, nighttime but, but, reading. Yes, definitely. If you're if you're having trouble sleeping, this will help. So uh, but but yeah, at any point along that six or seven months, we could have easily said, you know what, this is not meant to be. This is too hard. Um, but, but we, we had a feeling that there was a way through it. We just hadn't found it yet. And, and of course here we are. So now we, we got that out of the way and now it's just making decisions, right? Transactional decisions. Are we going left? Are we going right? Are we yeah. going up? Are we going down? I'm wondering from the operational standpoint, you would have thought about and thought through every single process. Uh, and given that it's a burgeoning uh, experience for, for pet owners and, and, and those who are involved with your uh, business, what's it look like from the moment somebody comes through your door? As, as a pet owner, how do they yeah. keep, uh, you know, sure. different pets away from each other, all the logistical stuff? Yep. So logistically, so we, we learned, you know, through ha- having the rescue that Kristen has, and you're dealing with a lot of pets from questionable situations. And of course, having the, the, the kennel, um, we know that, you know, the, the interactions between pets can go a couple different ways, yep. but it's better just to avoid it altogether. So, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a it's not a hard split, but there's a, a split with a, an air gap, I guess, between where the people coming in and coming out are, are going, versus where everyone else is is sort of hanging out and waiting mm-hmm. to be processed through. Um, and that's one of those things we we have it at a good spot right now where we know we can open the doors. Yep. We'll, we'll probably change day two, day three, day four until we get it exactly right. Matt, loving this call. I'm, I'm wondering, you talked about plans earlier. I'm wondering what is the, I guess, the six to 12 month plan from here? It's going to be fairly busy. I'm pretty sure to that. Yeah. So I think that, and, uh, in, in, you know, I explained how we're structured and how we, how we plan to grow or mm. I should explain like 
you know, how our interaction is with a vet where they license from us and they can kind of have like a passive approach. Yep. We think that's going to be pretty appealing to a lot of vets, especially once they see us in operation yep. um, and they, and they see, it's pretty easy to say, I'm going to come and run your business. I'm going to do it well. Um, we have confidence in ourselves, obviously to do that. Uh, but, but we haven't had a chance to show it yet. So, so they'll be coming here shortly. Uh, once they see that in action, I think it's going to be uh, magnetic for vets who are, who are wanting to just bolt on revenue or be part of something that's different. Um, obviously we have a different sort of environment than what they're used to. So if, if they, you know, if they match our core values and, and they, they have the same vibe as us, then uh, I think they'll, they'll be in the door. I think a big plus that's on your side and Kristen's side as as uh, uh, former business owner or existing business owners is that this isn't your first rodeo and that's going to um, stand you in good stead. Now, I'm wondering okay. if you could share with us um, what people will find on your website and how they can start, uh, get I guess, getting involved, making a booking and, and guess, working with you. Yeah, sure. So on the website, uh, you will find probably 30 plus places uh, that say schedule an appointment now, just like that, you can schedule an appointment, right? So most places, uh, you, you know, well, most places don't allow that at all. You got to call them up. Yep. Um, well, this is, you know, almost 2022. We don't believe in that. <laughs> We're going to give you <laughs> options. So, so you can book online and it's not an appointment request. It's actually an appointment. So the, yep. the second you book it, it's confirmed. Love You're good it. to go. Yep. Um, and then, uh, of course, all of our pricing is on there. Um, all our locations will be on there. Um, the rest of the team will be on there. Uh, yeah. it's, it's us now. Um, but one piece that's on there that you won't find a lot of places uh, that we're very proud of is our core values. Um, we spent a ton of time on those and they're, they're gonna be everywhere. They're gonna be on the walls in the place. They're gonna be on invoices. They're gonna be everywhere. Um, Cause we think that, uh, well, for one, they're great for making decisions, right? Anytime you have to reprimand someone, make a decision about a supplier, yep. uh, make a decision about whether you're going to pick up, pick, uh, pick up a piece of trash off the ground, mm -hmm. the core values guide all those decisions. So we've sort of simplified what we are, are doing there. But we also think that um, if someone can read into those core values, they'll understand who they're dealing with. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, I think there's an obvious URL that people would go to if they want to learn more about uh, Cheap Pricks. Where is that? Cheapricks.com. Cheapricks.com. There you go. For everybody's on the call today, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's been a wonderful call. This is a very, very interesting, exciting opportunity for you to get involved with. Make sure you go and check it out at cheapricks.com. And with that all being said, Matt, what a wonderful call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.